Ah, and we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, However you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today is a big old Friday. Uh, the trade deadline just happened yesterday. We went through most of them, but there was still a couple that kind of happened in the last hour and a half after we went live. So we'll break all those down, recover everything. Uh, we'll be looking at Elijah Molden, safety from Washington today in our NFL Draft Prospect Countdown. Um, and then breaking down the NBA from last night, we got our moneymaker back on track. Yes, sir. A little one-teamer just from last night, but it hit. So that's all we're looking for. We found the great value. We found it. We hit our one pick, and now we're striving for more today. So let's beef it up a little bit, and let's get back on track and start making some real coin here at the back half of the season after the trade deadline. Now that all the teams are starting to be settled in a little bit more, final rosters, really. Well, some. We'll have to talk about that in uh, when we talk about the stories, but let's just jump right into it here we go and man oh man man oh man oh man the box the box the box man they're just going to repeat they are going to win the super bowl again who's going to stop them who's going to be good in the playoffs who's not gonna who's gonna capitalize on tom brady's turnovers in the playoffs who's gonna do that because nobody did it last season and they're gonna have the same exact team from last season to this season so the results should be the same uh they'll have to <laughs> The Bucks are going to have to win a road Super Bowl, unfortunate for them. They're not going to be comfy, cozy at their home stadium for this Super Bowl that they're going to get to because they just re-signed Leonard Fournette. So, I mean, he wasn't a huge piece to this Bucks team, but in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl, that's when he really emerged and he kind of won in the Super Bowl. So... They bring him back. Obviously, Ronald Jones is their number one running back. Leonard Fournette, you know, he'll be, you know, when they need him, when he when they need him the most, he'll step up. So watch out. They're getting another piece back. Basically, they gotten everybody back. Now, um, since they when since they signed Leonard Fournette, they probably won't be signing Antonio Brown. So he's probably gonna have to walk, but who knows? I mean, the Bucs are surprising us by literally still getting everybody. And that's what I love. I mean, I love what I'm seeing from this Bucks team. Let's run it back. We just got Brady. We just want to ring year one let's run it back I love that attitude of everybody coming back the defense the offense you know taking some pay cuts Leonard Fournette's only getting like four million dollars it's like three and a half base and then like half a million in incentives which they'll hit because they'll win the Super Bowl again, so he's going to get the full $4 million. Uh, nice little one-year deal here for Leonard Fournette to re-sign with the Bucs, so got to watch out for the Bucs, man. They're getting all their key pieces back. Antonio Brown, if they don't re-sign him, that's kind of fine. I mean, yeah, you know, Antonio Brown did do good in the Super Bowl in that playoff run, but, I mean, they still got everybody else at the wide receiver position, so, you know, Antonio Brown with everything is just really kind of the cherry on top of the cherry on top of the cherry on top of the ice cream sundae that's already, you know, fully overflowing from the bowl that once cherry is really just going to make it it's going to make it more delicious because it's that's an extra cherry maybe you save that cherry to the end um you know don't rush all the cherries in the beginning 
beginning of when you're eating that Sunday. But uh, yeah, Leonard Fournette, man, re-signing with the Bucks. They're running it back. Everybody's back. They'll win. They'll win the Super Bowl again. I mean, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe if Andy Reid's son doesn't kill somebody in a car crash, or you know, uh, I don't know if anybody died, but <laughs> in the car crash. But you know, if he doesn't run into somebody drunk right before the Super Bowl, maybe the Chiefs will be able to kind of, you know, have a clear head and Andy Reid can, you know, go out and fully game plan, not having a heavy heart that his son almost just murdered people. Uh, so if that if that works, then, you know, maybe the Chiefs can challenge him. But I don't know, man. Watch out for the Bucs. They will, uh, they'll repeat. They'll repeat. And we'll be talking about maybe trying to run it back a three-peat next season, one year from right now. We'll be talking about Leonard Fournette re-signing another one-year contract to try and three-peat. The rich stay rich, folks. The Bucks stay rich. Alrighty, the Bills. Well, they didn't get Leonard Fournette, but, you know, solid little pickup here. Bills agreed to terms with running back Matt Breida on a one-year contract. So, they obviously got Singletary as their main man. Now, Zach Moss is kind of their number two rookie from last year. He ran for, like, 400 yards. Pretty solid. And then they pick up Matt Breida. You know, running back by committee. That's what you need running back-wise in this league right now. That's how it works. That's why the Bucks just won using Ronald Jones as kind of their workhorse for the entire season. Letting Leonard Fournette just kind of specialize here and there. And then in the playoffs... Super Bowl, he gets it done. So you need running back by committee, and Bills are trying to shore up their running game here, signing Matt Breida. Now, Matt Breida's still young. He's like five years in. Never has really been the number one running back in this league. I mean, or just kind of the run, the main running back on his team. He was like, he, I think it was the number one back for the 49ers in one season, maybe 2017, 2018, something around there, where he rushed for like 800 yards, but never had that 1,000-yard uh, rushing season. Then he was with the bit, or the Dolphins last season, never really made it work. Um, we had Gaskin, you know, he kind of fell down the death chart here, Matt Breida for the Dolphins. So now he's going to probably, do that with the Bills, but a solid third option here. Decent kind of uh, catcher out of the backfield as well. Run some decent rounds for a running back. So, you know, just a solid pickup here. And that's all the Bills are looking for. A little bit of depth, a little bit of kind of security here because they've already proven they can get to the AFC Championship game. They just need to figure out how to win that game, how to scheme to win that game. And I think it's really just coming down to Sean McDermott. I think he clams up. That's what we've been saying. I, I mean, Josh Allen did not look that great in the playoffs, and I don't think it was based off of his talent, but I think it was just kind of the play calling of the offense of Sean McDermott there in the playoffs. I think he clams up a little bit. So if uh, Sean McDermott can kind of, you know, keep the offensive explosive and dangerous down the field in the playoffs, I think they'll be fine and they can really get to the Super Bowl. Uh, but shoring up their running game a little bit here, shoring up their depth, making sure that once, you know, they get into that playoffs, you know, everything's good. We're deep. We're solid. Everybody's good to go. We've got some nice playmakers on our team. They just have to go and execute it. But uh, I definitely think Sean McDermott is uh, a little bit too um, – Going to have to step it up here. You know, you can't just sign third string, third string running backs and expect the Bills to be fine in the playoffs. Sean McDermott, man, I, I'm telling y'all, I really think that's the one that's holding this Bills team back. And that wasn't just this season. That goes back to, uh, you know, two seasons ago when they first got into the playoffs and broke that kind of long playoff drought. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But it's definitely a solid pickup here. This is a solid, solid pickup. Alrighty, let's move on. So Art Rooney's got a couple of quotes here. So we'll start with this one. Art Rooney from the Steelers says, quote, Steelers always wanted Big Ben Roethlisberger back in 2021. Oh, did you? Because when he originally said he wanted to come back, you were like, 
okay, we'll have some discussion. So you're a little hesitant. You didn't want, and then you wanted him to take a big old pay cut, which he did, because you know that's the only way that Big Ben wanted to come, or that's the only way Ben Roethlisberger could come back was if he took the pay cut. So you know, our Rooney, now that they've signed Big Ben, now that Big Ben has taken the pay cut, he's like, yeah, we've always wanted him back. Obviously, uh, you know, the arm wasn't that great at the end of the season for Ben Roethlisberger. Um, you know, I get it. You know, this is kind of, you know, the one, you know, th this is where, you know, kind of business and kind of respect in the NFL industry kind of clash right here. Big Ben, you know, two-time Super Bowl winners, been here his entire career in Pittsburgh, now really coming at the end of his career. Just last season couldn't really make it the entire full 16 weeks. So 16 games that you play in an NFL season couldn't really make it work in the back half, unfortunately. So now it's like, do we respect Ben Roethlisberger by giving him one more year to go out on his own terms? Or do we be that kind of um, selfish, kind of cutthroat business where we just let him go? Be like, you know what? Thanks. Thanks for your service. But, you know, we're still ha we still have to have success. You can't provide success anymore. And we still need success because we're a business. So... Uh, but they sign him back. Art Rooney's saying, yeah, we've always wanted this man back. No doubt. No doubt. But, uh, you know, we only want to give him like one million. <laughs> we want to give we want to pay this man in large pizzas. Um, so that's his first quote. And then we get this other quote here. Uh, Art Rooney on the Steelers run game quote will be looking for ways to improve in the draft. And there's two great running backs out there. Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, all great talent. And we know the Steelers are going to have a very high draft pick. Let's get their official pick here. Um, because they did, uh, they made the playoffs. And yeah, so they'll, uh, they had what, 11 wins, kind of floundered at the end of the season, but, um, Let's get this up. Draft pick. So it'll be interesting to see. Maybe do they kind of do they trade up to kind of secure a kind of, you know, great running back? Do they even really have anything to trade? Maybe, you know, a wide receiver. Um, you know, they're still kind of deep there. But they got the 24th overall pick in the first in the first round. And then the 23rd overall pick in the second round. So, you know, everybody say, oh, you can't draft a running back in the first round. So if they don't do that, they have to wait till the 23rd pick in the second round. And I can guarantee you Travis Etienne. And Najee Harris will not be around to the 23rd pick in the second round. So we'll see what the uh, Steelers do. The running game is something that they are definitely going to have to kind of heavily rely on because we know that they can't rely on Big Ben's arm at the end of the season or if they kind of front load the first half of the season with a lot of running to have Big Ben good in the back half of the season and in the playoffs. So they're definitely going to need a running game. We just saw, didn't they just get rid of James Conner? They didn't re-sign that man. So they're going to need something at the running back position. Art Rooney says they are kind of looking for a big old talent there. So don't be surprised if the first round, if the Steelers trade up or if they get a running back at the 24th pick. But we'll see what happens. But uh, we know they are going to go into the draft for a running back. Alrighty, Mike McCarthy, more coaching news here. Mike McCarthy wanted to do cartwheels in the sand after Cowboys signed Dak Prescott to an extension. Well, yeah, he couldn't make Andy Dalton work, and you know, the only thing that's going to cool the flames on Mike McCarthy getting fired already year one is that he has a good quarterback. That's why, you know, he was kind of, quote, successful in Green Bay because he was able to kind of hide behind Aaron Rodgers a little bit. You know, he's like, you know what, uh, you know, I've got a great quarterback out in here. He's 
winning games, he's leaving the shield for me. And then when we lose games, I can just be like, you know what? You know, Aaron Rodgers, he's just not doing enough out there. You know, we got this great quarterback, but we need greatness to be even greater in kind of clutch situations at the end of the season in playoffs. You know, they only they only got to one Super Bowl, couldn't win the win those NFC Championship games. So, you know, Mike McCarthy used uh, Aaron Rodgers as a little bit of a deflection shield of why things weren't going really right for the Packers. And now he couldn't really do that with Andy Dalton. Uh, when Andy Dalton wasn't doing good, it was like, Mike McCarthy, what's going on with this team? Now that you got Dak Prescott, your franchise guy, you can use him as a shield a little bit. So obviously Mike McCarthy's, you know, wanting to do cartwheels in the sand, knowing that, hey, I've got kind of a scapegoat here for a little bit uh, because I'm not that great of a coach myself. So Mike McCarthy, not a good coach. The Cowboys will not be good as like as long as Mike McCarthy's there. I mean, that's all there is to it. There is no reason for this Cowboys team to flounder this much. If you want to put it as, you know, kind of first year, I guess. But I mean, the Panthers had basically the same amount of success that the Cowboys had, and they didn't have Christian McCaffrey. That's one of their key players. Yeah, you guys don't have Dak, but the Panthers still kind of decently made it work a little bit. Um, so, and they don't even have near the talent offensively that the Cowboys do. So, um, so yeah, that's really it. I mean, I just can't get behind Mike McCarthy. I don't think he's a great coach. I don't even think he's a good coach. And I don't think the Cowboys will do anything under Mike McCarthy. We know his kind of coaching record kind of phones it in a little bit too much. So we'll see what he does. I mean, but now, I mean, Mike McCarthy, I don't know why he's doing uh, cartwheels in the sand now that you've signed Dak Prescott. I mean, once he gets healthy, you're going to have to rock with this man. You're going to have to make this man work uh, to kind of go into the playoffs. Uh, you guys have to at least get to the playoffs next season and kind of you have to get to, you know, you've got to get to the NFC Championship game at some point in kind of the next four years under Dak Prescott. So Mike McCarthy, I wouldn't be doing no cartwheels just quite yet. You still got work to do. And if you can't make this team work, we're going to officially label you a trash coach. I don't care. You got carried by Aaron Rodgers to one Super Bowl win. Congratulations. You've done nothing other than that. So uh, we'll see, man. This uh, 2021 NFL season is going to be real interesting, folks. A lot of coaching jobs on the line. Matt Nagy, Mike McCarthy, uh, you know, a lot of quarterbacks having uh, Sean McVay, also another coach to prove now that they got, you know, a better quarterback in Sean McVay's mind. So a lot of quarterbacks on the hot or a lot of coaches on the hot seat, a lot of coaches having to prove their worth in this league. And we'll be following Mike McCarthy with a big old Hawkeye uh, this entire season. So. Wouldn't be doing cartwheels just quite yet, folks. <laughs> Um, alrighty, and then we get another top 10 here. Top 10 from the Eagles. Top 10 plays of 2020. So let's see how many are Carson Wentz. Let's see what Jalen Hurts is doing. And let's see what they've got here. So the top 10 plays of the Eagles. Let's rock it up here. Number 10, we got uh, Carson Wentz here. All right, let's see what this man's doing. Week 1 versus Washington. Going deep. Yes, sir. And this was before all the interceptions came. Week 1 against Washington. That really just kind of ruined them. I mean, they were beating Washington here. They're already up 7-0. I think they ended up going like up 17-0 and then everything just collapsed and that really begins the downfall of Carson Wentz. So this is what Carson Wentz was doing right before the downfall, folks. This is what he's bringing to uh, Indianapolis right here. The deep ball. Yes, sir. Jalen Rager with the absolute bomb. He's throwing it from the 15-yard line, getting it all the way down to basically the 30 to 25-yard line. Absolutely fantastic right there. 55 yards, however you want to count it. Carson Wentz, that's what he's doing, folks. That's what he's bringing 
into the Colts organization. And another one right here. Yes, everything was kind of going wrong by uh, week four here for Carson Wentz, but play number nine, another deep ball. And then you got T.Y. Hilton and uh, Pittman Jr. over there as receivers. Look at this ball placement. The deep shots are there. He's throwing this one from the 50-yard line. That's a 40-yard accurate bomb down the field. Do not kind of get bogged down of Carson Wentz interceptions this season. It just did not work out for this season with the Eagles. That's all there is to it. This man can still play. Man, the Colts team are going to be good. Play number nine. All right, another easy pick here. Who's that? Nick Mullins? That man is so trash, man. Oof. Nick Mullins. He is not a good backup, man. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, he played number eight now. Alex Smith. Ooh, big old hit there, and it's a pick. Oof, Alex Smith trying to hit the nice little running back in the uh, safety valve route here. And the Eagles defense just steps up in a huge hit, and then he's able to make the pick on top of that too. Woof, that's a great defense play. Mike Epps right there. Look at that. That's concentration. He went for the hit and the pick at the same time. And it, the ball just somehow falls right into perfectly his arms right here. Watch it again right here. Look at that. Woof. All righty. That's fantastic. Damn. All righty. That's fantastic. All right. Moving on to number seven here. Punt by the Packers. Who's going to return this one all the way? Who do we got here? Ooh, a muffed punt. Picks it back up. And he's gone, baby. Hits the outside. And he is gone. Oh, make it. Oh, Rager again. Juking around this punter a little bit. Let's watch this one. This is a little disrespectful to the punter right here. Nice little stutter. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, oh. <laughs> making Crosby. Oh, that's not even Crosby anymore. Uh, making the, the Packers punter look trash there. Can't make the game saving touchdown tackle. Yeah, man. Rager, man. Woof. Jalen Hurts is going to have fun with that, man, next season. Absolutely. All righty. Play number six. We get a running play here, and that man is gone. We got to give it up to this man. Uh, who is this man? Miles Sanders. I mean, this man is was kind of single-handedly helping out this team. Once again, another game where the Eagles are down 7-0, and it's the running attack that kind of brings them back into it. This was the narrative all season. Carson Wentz couldn't get the offensive started, but Miles Sanders, when the offense was sputtering in the first quarter, the first half of games, he would rip off a big old run for a touchdown. No problem. Easy peasy. I want to say he's got like three of these long, like 60, 70-plus rushing touchdowns this season to really jumpstart the offense so I mean if he's going to be able to do this is this another one here against the Ravens I mean once again down 17 nothing here the offense couldn't do anything all game Miles Sanders big old run to jump start the offense they score a touchdown here fantastic another one I'm telling you this this was happening multiple times throughout the entire season Miles Sanders if he can keep it up next season especially with Jalen Hurts his ability I mean this offense could be good Miles Sanders running attack was absolutely kind of great this entire season so uh, watch out for the running game compared with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts handing it off to Miles Sanders. And here we go. Another big all run. And this time the offense wasn't sputtering because Carson once wasn't out there. And another big all run. Fantastic. 
this running attack, this offensive line, I mean, they can run this kind of inside zone easily every single time. So that's three straight big old runs by Miles Sanders. And then who do we get here going all down deep? Woof, who threw this ball? Is Carson Wentz? Yes, it is. I mean, folks, come on. Hold. Folks, the arm is still there. Do not doubt this man's talent. Yes, he threw a lot of interceptions, but that's fine. Well, it's fine for one season. You got to definitely clean it up, but we've seen him not throw interceptions, so that's why we shouldn't be so worried about him continuing those picks. I really don't think it's going to be a problem there in Indianapolis, but he's throwing this one from the 20-yard line, getting it all the way down to the 30-yard line. Yes, sir. Once again, 50 yards clean. This is clean. Look at how beautiful, accurate that throw is 50 yards down the field. So you've got two great wide receivers there for the Colts. Carson Wentz is going to work there. I'm telling y'all. All right, play number two, Jalen Hurts here. He is going to eat. This is the future for the Eagles right here. A nice, beautiful throw there. And that's Deshaun Jackson re running behind the entire defense. When this man was healthy and out there on the field, they've got some nice speed. Miles Sanders, Deshaun Jackson. Unfortunately, Deshaun Jackson's not there anymore. So Jalen Hurts is going to miss this connection. Let's watch this bomb by Jalen Hurts. I mean, he throws it from the 10, gets it all the way down to the 40, 50 yards cleanly. This man can play as well. Let's respect this man. The Eagles, I mean, they really just, I mean, they really landed in the perfect quarterback market. I mean, Carson Wentz for those four years, getting them into the playoffs for Nick Foles to take over for to win the title. And now they've got Jalen Hurts. So the Eagles really have just had a nice, solid four or five stretch years of great quarterback play, really. And I'm really excited to watch Jalen Hurts play because I think this man's going to we're going to be talking about Jalen Hurts the same way we talk about Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes I'm telling y'all this man can play all right number one play here goes to Carson Wentz here we go let's see what this man can still do Ooh, a beautiful dime there in the red zone in the fourth quarter this man can still play this man can still be clutch we're seeing it right here against the Giants week seven down 21 to 16 in the red zone 40 seconds left throws an absolute beautiful ball to Scott I believe there on a nice little wheel route throw look at the accuracy once again gets it over the defender right where it needs to be over the back shoulder kind of high and away I mean folks come on come on look at that accuracy oh my folks that's fantastic this man can still play there's no do not worry about Carson Wentz there's really no red flag for this man besides the injury that's the only red flag that we can still have on Carson Wentz the inner Receptions. It was a bad year. The accuracy, the deep ball, the deep ball accuracy, all that is there. The leadership is still there. So new kind of... <clears throat> new home for Carson Wentz, let him get acclimated a little bit, and he's ready to rock, and they're going to be absolutely fantastic, so I'm telling y'all, the Colts are Super Bowl contenders, I will say, I won't even say playoff contenders, I'm going straight to Super Bowl contenders, folks, alrighty, watch out for the Colts, Carson Wentz is going to get it done, folks, no doubt. Alrighty, let's uh, move on to the NBA stories, and we got to just kind of go over the NBA trade deadline yesterday, so let's just kind of recap everything that went down. So here we go. We'll talk about uh, LaMarcus Aldridge in a second. Uh, and Kyle Lowry. Well, we, we could talk about Kyle Lowry now. Uh, so the Raptors decided not to deal him. We've been hearing about Kyle Lowry kind of trade rumors really for the entire week, and I really didn't get it. I mean, the Raptors, I mean, Kyle Lowry's a main piece to that team. He's the main facilitator on the floor, so I really didn't expect them to trade Kyle Lowry, and they don't, so uh, I'm a little vindicated there, I would say. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, the Raptors weren't really looking for anything. They were kind of saying, you know, the the – 
the offers for Kyle Lowry were a little disrespectfully light, so that's why they, they, they just decided to keep him. This is the last season of the Raptors kind of under Nick Nurse with all these role players. After this season, they'll have to try and do something because it's it's clearly not working. I mean, they're not even in the playoff tournament, I don't think, right now. Are they top 10 in the East? I think, what was the last time we checked? I think they were like 11 or 12? 11. Here it is. So they do have their kind of, a, you know, it's light work. I mean, they're only a game, a game and a half out from, you know, the playing tournament, so they can still make it, and I expect them to make it. Uh, they have the pieces to make the playing tournament, just don't have the real pieces to make a deep run, I don't think. Like we said, these are all role players on the team. Besides Kyle Lowry, we can call him an all-star, superstar, whatever you want. I don't mind that. But Fred VanVleet, Siakam. You know, they just lost Norman Powell, so that's a little bit of a hit, but they did get Gary Trent Jr., so, you know, a little bit of a swap there. Uh, but either way, Raptors keeping Kyle Lowry, and I think that's the right decision. Let them have their kind of last full run here, and let's see what they can do. <clears throat> Alrighty, Lonzo Ball also did not get dealt in. Another one that I wasn't really quite sure on where we were hearing this. We were hearing so many, you know, rumors about, you know, the for the like a week, two weeks leading up to the trade deadline that, you know, people were, you know, interested in Lonzo and everybody wanted Lonzo to go to their team, but we weren't buying that. We were we're not big we're not big believers in Lonzo. We think he's decent. We think he's maybe a average, slightly above average, maybe in the passing ability, but it's nothing that you go out and kind of sell out, you know, your future to go and get I mean like we said he didn't make it work with LeBron James how can you not make it work with that and then he's you know with the, the Pelicans where he can kind of step it up and you know kind of take his experience with you know what he learned with the Lakers and LeBron and carry it over and try to be the man and just try to be you know the veteran presence you know the leader on this team but this Pelicans team is not even winning games and they've got scores they got Zion Brandon Ingram um, and Steven Adams they still have that and Josh Hart off the bench so they still have great scores but Lonzo's really not making this team any better I mean you you give me another point guard and you know I think they still have the same success that Lonzo's having so I'm really I wasn't really understanding the whole Lonzo ball trades and everybody wanting him and he doesn't get dealt so once again I mean you know I wasn't believing in it and he doesn't get dealt so I'll let y'all decide what that means about our show <laughs> Alrighty, this one. I, I didn't really see this one. I, I've heard about it, but um, um, it was kind of interesting. So, Celtics trade Daniel Tice to the Bulls. I mean, once again, we're not big believers in Daniel Tice, so the Celtics get rid of him. So, they move Daniel Tice to Chicago, uh, who the, now the Celtics are getting Moritz Wagner in place of Daniel Tice. So, I don't know if Mo Wagner, Moritz Wagner is any better than Daniel Tice. Um, you know, Mo Wagner is not tier one. One big, tier two big even, maybe tier three big, which we probably would have put Daniel Tice maybe tier two. Doesn't get us the double-digit points a game. Doesn't get us the double-digit rebounds, so we can't put him in tier one or tier two. Maurice Wagner, kind of the same. He doesn't play a lot of minutes there for Washington, so we'll see what he's able to kind of do here for the Celtics. But I think he's kind of going to be their third big. I think they're going to start promoting Robert Williams a little bit more because we have been decently impressed with Robert Williams these past couple two weeks here. Um, coming off the bench I think he's been kind of providing a decent uh, big kind of just performance all around defense offense um, better than Daniel Tice because we're not a big fans of Daniel Tice so Celtics get rid of Daniel Tice interesting there he does go to the Bulls Bulls are kind of fine there Daniel Tice would actually kind of do decent with the Bulls since they're already kind of 
good at the center position. Uh, maybe move Daniel Tice to the four. Maybe have him and Thaddeus Young coming off the bench together. Maybe you have Thaddeus Young go to the four, uh, the starting four, or Daniel Tice be the starting power forward at the four. Uh, so we'll see what the Spurs team does with kind of their new pieces and what their lineup's going to be, but they've got some nice kind of beef. If they if their outside shooters kind of work, if Zach Levine can still kind of get this same great production, this monster production that we're seeing out of kind of Zach Levine this year, uh, this is going to be a good Bulls team because they got the bigs. They got Vucevic, obviously. We're going to talk about that. We already kind of broke it down, but they got Vucevic in the trade, so that's their starting big. You get still Thaddeus Young out there. Now you get Daniel Tice, so three solid bigs there. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm good. I'm. I like Daniel Tice as a third big, as kind of maybe even a second option. But I don't like him in the starting lineup. Kind of like what we say about Kelly Olynyk. We do like Kelly Olynyk, and he's a good kind of big out there, a good kind of stretch to the floor big that can hit the three. But we think he's a better kind of bench big than he is in that starting rotation for the uh, for the Heat. And we'll also talk about that because he got dealt as well. So. Uh, Celtics trade Daniel Tice to the Bulls. Interesting. Um, so we'll see uh, how he does there for the Bulls. But I think he, he could do good there. He could do good there. Not a lot of pressure. Let me be the third big. He can he can definitely do that. That's more of his role in my opinion. Um, alrighty. So and the Celtics also lose Jeff Teague and Javante Green in the trade as well for all of that. Alrighty, little trade here. Warriors trade uh, Wanamaker, so they get rid of Brad Wanamaker to the Hornets. That's going to be interesting as well, and another kind of decent um, kind of big there for the Hornets a little bit. Um, alrighty, what else do we get here? Um, all right, and this is the big one. This one we haven't talked about. This is the best one, and I, if we have to kind of – we'll do it at the end of kind of who won the trade overall, but I think we got to talk about the Heat as true contenders of winning the NBA trade deadline because they pick up Victor Oladipo from the Rockets, and we kind of said to watch his name because we, we saw him not playing the last two games for the Rockets even though he was healthy and ready to rock, so that gave us a little bit of, ooh, are they trying to trade him, and they were in the Heat. And this one came like right at 3 o'clock. I mean, like, I didn't even hear about this one until, like, 3, 10, 10 minutes after the trade light ended. So, I don't know if Adam Silver lets some things slide over there because I did not hear this one before 3 o'clock. I mean, even look at these tweets. 3-11 by Woj. Woj is 11 minutes late on a trade, on the trade deadline, on a big one. This was probably the biggest trade of the night. Victor Oladipo going to the Heat. A championship-level caliber team getting a freaking championship-level uh, talent here. I mean, yeah, the story speaks for itself. So, I don't know what's going on here. I think this may have been a little bit of a late trade, but we'll let it slide because I like it. <laughs> we'll let it slide because I do like this trade a lot. So, Heat get Victor Oladipo, and guess what they gave up? Not that much. Avery Bradley, who hasn't been playing for this team in a while, and then Kelly Olynyk. So, you got rid of Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and a 2022 uh, pick swap. So, you didn't lose a pick. You just swapped it. So, you'll get a probably a worse pick, unfortunate, but you got some nice players. They still have Goran Dragic, who we absolutely love. So, you got Goran Dragic, Jimmy Butler, Victor Oladipo, Tyler Hero. They did um they did a trade. Did they get rid of No, they they still got Kendrick Nunn. Did they deal Kendrick Nunn? No, they still got Kendrick Nunn, right? He just played yesterday for them. Make sure. Kendrick Nunn. They still got Kendrick Nunn, so oh my goodness. I mean, who? Oh my God, they basically gave up nothing and got a real great 
solid player in Victor Oladipo, and that's what the Heat are looking for, just solid, reliable three-point shooters, outside scorers, Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic, Bam Adebayo, they can handle, you know, the ins and outs, you know, they can all shoot the three, Bam Adebayo can play down low, they can facilitate the floor, but they just needed somebody else to kind of be that other third great scoring option, because we really haven't been able to rely on Tyler Hero from the three, Duncan Robinson for the three, but that's where Victor Oladipo comes, and now they're getting even deeper, and now, you know, just less pressure for Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, so hopefully they can play a little bit more free out there. This Heat team has been, at, this, this is all they're missing, folks. This is what they're, I didn't know what the Heat were missing, but this is it. It's Victor Oladipo, so, I mean, watch out for the starting lineup. Kendrick Nunn, Victor Oladipo, uh, Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic, Bam Adebayo, is that going to be their starting lineup? Just absolutely insanity in the scoring department, so oh man, I think so far, uh, of all the trades that we've just kind of went over so far today, this is the best one. We'll see if anything kind of upsuits that or upsets that, but um, oh man, what a great pickup, and I, I don't really hear a lot of this. I don't hear like everybody on ESPN going wild or everybody on Fox Sports going wild. Uh, do y'all not understand how great of a pick this is for the Heat? I mean, they got rid of Kelly Olenek. That's not even that bad. We didn't like Kelly Olenek that much, and I would rather have Victor Oladipo than Kelly Olenek. Yes, to get a little bit of a you know a little bit less deep at the big department. They're going to have to still play kind of Trevor Reeves a little bit more. Andre Iguodala is going to have to probably see a lot more minutes as well. So hopefully he can kind of, you know, stay up to date a little bit, stay in shape because we know Andre Iguodala is kind of aging out of the league slowly. Um, so... We'll see what happens, but uh, I think this is an absolutely steal for the Heat. Great pickup, and uh, once again, um, the the Heat owner uh, Pat Riley, Pat Riley, just making moves after moves, getting this team. I mean, folks, they just got to the finals last season. You don't think Victor Oladipo is going to be able to beat this Bucks team? Come on! Now they may have they they may even be able to kind of compete with the uh, the Nets a little bit in the kind of their offensive star firepower. So we'll see what happens. But I love, I love this love it <clears throat> all righty let's keep going now all righty raptors trade at terrace davis to the kings for a future second round pick nothing really kind of noteworthy there Alrighty, and this is another interesting trade here, and one I think I like a lot. Clippers trade Lou Williams to the Hawks for Rondo. So that was kind of nice scoring production off the bench for the Clippers. Lou Williams, now he's going to the Hawks, who have a very lackluster bench, but I'm assuming Lou Williams is probably going to find his way into the starting lineup at some point. Um... So I love that for the Hawks. The Hawks just need more depth. They need more playmakers. So I'm all about Lou Williams, a certified player out there. Absolutely. So nice kind of um, three-point shooting, scoring ability. He can do all of that. So that's what the Hawks are missing, just depth. And they got nice scoring depth there with Lou Williams. And then they traded Rondo. I mean, Rondo wasn't really doing anything for that, uh, the Hawks team. He was playing very, very minimal minutes off the bench. And, I mean, the bench wasn't even that good for the Hawks. So Rondo really couldn't, be, couldn't really be utilized to his full potential there. So he goes to the Clippers now, and the Clippers are in desperate need of a true point guard, a good point guard. Patrick Beverly's their starting point guard. You have Rondo coming off the bench. I mean, look what Rondo did for the uh, for the Lakers in their championship run. Do I have him up? Um, yeah, right here. Here he is. I mean, absolutely fantastic. He's been coming off the bench for the Lakers uh, in their 2019-2020 NBA championship run. So let's uh, we'll just go to his. Um, Let's go to his playoffs because he was actually getting – he was truly getting it done for the playoffs there. Um, where is it? 
I just had it. Oh, yeah, right here. Okay. <clears throat> so here we go. Career playoffs for the Lakers in their championship run just from last season. I mean, didn't play the entire first round, but then, I mean, started to come off the bench. Just got solid minutes. I mean, look at some of these games right here. 10 points, 9 assists, 21 points, 9 assists, 11 points, 8 assists, 3 points, 5 assists in that second playoff series. So still getting it done. The third playoff series, 7 points, 9 assists, 3 points, 9 assists, 9 points, 8 assists, 11 points, 7 assists, 8 points, 4 assists. And then in the finals against the Heat, 7 points, 4 assists, 16 points, 10 assists, 4 points, 5 assists, 2 points, 5 assists, 4 points, 5 assists, and then in the uh, game 6, 19 points, 4 assists, closing it out, helping the Lakers close it out, so this man could definitely get it done in the playoffs, and that's what the Clippers are looking for, having sustained greatness in the playoffs. So a great pickup by this Clippers team. We'll see how well he works. I mean, I don't know. Did Rondo just kind of drop off from last season into this season? Or was it the Hawks team that really just made Rondo not that great? And I'm going to go with it's the Hawks team that made Rondo not so great. So not a great fit there for Rondo this season for the Hawks. What is he doing? I mean, he only started two games, so he's still coming off the bench. And that's fine. I mean, he's you know aging out of this league a little bit. <clears throat> Uh, so he can definitely give you a great production off the bench, as we just saw what he did with the Lakers last season, now back in L.A. with the Clippers. But this season with the Hawks, I mean, he's averaging three points and, uh, you know, three assists. So, I mean, nothing really great. But like we said, I think we're going to kind of chalk that up to a lackluster kind of Hawks team, especially in their depth off the bench. So great pickup for both of these teams. Um the, uh, the Hawks get a good shooter, good score, which they need, and the Clippers get a nice little facilitator that can kind of uh, facilitate the second team. That's what they need. So fantastic all the way around. Everybody wins there. Um, all righty. What else do we get here? Um, <clears throat> here we go. All righty. Blazers acquire Raptors. Norman Powell, I love this as well. Truly great for both teams, I think. Raptors get another kind of <clears throat> younger piece, a nice score piece off the bench. And the Blazers, I mean, get, they get a kind of solidified score here in Norman Powell. I mean, he's averaging 19 points a game. That's what the Blazers need. Now, it's going to be interesting to see what they kind of do when they're starting lineup. We just saw CJ McCollum go absolutely nuts in the first quarter of last game, but he kind of fizzled out a little bit in the fourth quarter, a little bit. Um, so I still think CJ McCollum's still going to get the starting uh, shooting guard role. Norman Powell. I think, did we see Norman Powell play the three there for the Raptors? Because that could be pretty good. Have Derek Jones Jr. come off the bench, elevate Norman Powell to kind of the three. So you have uh, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and Norman Powell, one, two, three, starting in the starting lineup. Um, and then I think that would be better for Derek Jones Jr. to come off the bench because I don't think his game is truly in a starting rotation right now hasn't really truly impressed us and kind of, you know, he has nice athleticism. That's what we really love. But, you know, in the points, assists, rebounding doesn't really do too much consistently. He's a decent defender. So, so you know, that's why he's kind of out there right now. But I think Norman Powell could go at the three a little bit here for the Blazers and make it work. So, and then that just gives, you know, the Blazers just more depth off the bench. You know, Carmelo Anthony, Derek Jones Jr. That's what we're talking about. Yusuf Nurchic, if he ever freaking comes back. Uh, but I think it's an absolute steal for both teams here 
Um, I mean, both got something they need. Raptors getting a little bit more depth. I mean, that's kind of what they're missing. They just kind of need a solid kind of bench piece. Their starters can all get it done. They've still got nice scores in their offensive lineup, so I don't think they'll miss Norman Powell too much, especially you'll get you know decent compensation in the points department with Gary Trent Jr., and they also got Rodney Hood. So once again, just making the Raptors a little bit more deep. So uh, clear win for both sides, in my opinion. Alrighty, the Sixers get George Hill and or Grant Hill and or no, yeah, George Hill. I was right. What am I talking about? Um, in a three-team trade. Um, so that's pretty good for them. Kind of just shoring up their bench a little bit. A nice little kind of forward for them. Um, alrighty, Heat add Kings uh, Namaji Jellica. That's kind of kind of solidifying their bigs because they just lost Kelly Olenek, so they had to get another big. So kind of a good, solid pickup here. Um, alrighty, and then the uh, probably the last black blockbuster trade here, Nuggets for Aaron Gordon, folks. Magic trade Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets. Now the Nuggets, very, very good here. I mean, just getting another big here uh, to kind of help out Vucevic a little bit. We'll see where Aaron Gordon plays. How does Michael Ju uh, Michael Porter Jr. kind of fit into that? Does he go to the four? Gordon goes to the three. Does Gordon go to the four? Michael Porter Jr. stays at the three. Or does Michael Porter Jr. just come off the bench? And I think I do like Michael Porter Jr.'s game. He's kind of, you know, been outspoken, you know, saying that he wants a larger role in this offensive scheme for the Nuggets. So he probably won't like going down to the bench. But we'll see kind of how it plays out to have all these stars in the starting lineup and Aaron Gordon he kind of wants to be a star um Jokic I mean he's the star of the team putting up you know 30 points a game with like 12 rebounds Jamal Murray he's kind of a little bit not too much ball dependent but I mean he could put up the 25 points as well every single game so it's going to be interesting to see how this offense works it's a lot of kind of a lot of great scores, a lot of scoring potential here in the starting lineup. I think one player is going to have to slide down to the bench, and it's definitely not going to be Vucevic, and it's definitely not going to be um, Jamal Murray. So we'll see how the starting lineup shakes out for the Nuggets. But, I mean, just getting deeper, getting better, more pieces. And, I mean, that's what the Nuggets are looking for, just more kind of scoring potential here uh, to kind of beat some of these other kind of high-powered offensive teams that they, were, that, they're with, that they will be facing in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens here for the Nuggets. I'm definitely interested to see what they do for their starting lineup. All right, what else do we get here? Bulls get, um, who is this? <laughs> who is that? They get um, <clears throat> Mo Wagner and uh, Chandler Hutchinson. We already kind of previewed the Mo Wagner. Um, all right, Celtics, here we go. Let's talk about them. They uh, land Evan Fournier from the Magic. Like we said, we were kind of clowning the Celtics yesterday when we were talking about the trade deadline that uh, Aaron Gordon got dealt, Vucevic got dealt, and Evan Fournier got dealt. And the Celtics, who kind of needed a solid, better big, they went with Evan Fournier out of the three that, you know, the kind of two other kind of good bigs that you could have landed. Um, Aaron Gordon would have made it probably the Celtics starting lineup a little wonky, you know, with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But, I mean, you put, you know, Jason Tatum, him at the four you could put Aaron Gordon at the four as well I think that would work and then Daniel Tice at the five still but you know we know he's not there anymore but still just kind of you know what potentially could have happened and then if the South like we said if the Celtics got Vucevic oh my goodness that would have been a a championship level team they really could have rivaled the Nets to come out of the east honestly uh but they did not do that they went with Evan Fournier once again kind of interesting I mean they definitely just need scoring depth they don't have any depth but they just got rid of their big Daniel Tice so they don't kind of have that big 
big depth now. They're really kind of doubling down on Tristan Thompson and Robert Williams, and I really think that's kind of a bad decision. Um, I'm not truly impressed with either of those bigs. But um, I think the Celtics really should have went a little bit harder to get a better um, kind of proven talent big. Give me the double-digit points. Give me the double-digit assists because that's something that the Celtics are truly lacking there in their big department. But they land Evan Fournier, so we'll see what they do. We'll see kind of how their starting lineup uh, kind of shakes out. I'm kind of, um, kind of predicting Marcus Smart maybe drops out of the starting lineup, comes down to the uh, to the bench, or maybe they move Marcus Smart to the four for their small ball rotation. I don't know. We'll see how it works out, but uh, Evan Fournier, they get a decent score, and once again, that's that's kind of what the Celtics need. They just need depth and good bigs. And I don't know if Evan Fournier kind of <laughs> solves their depth problems that much. So we'll see how this kind of works out for the Celtics. Still not believing in them. I'm still not big believers in the Celtics team. But Alrighty. Keep on going here because there's still one we have not talked about. And there it is. Magic trade Vucevic to the Bulls and absolutely love it. Like we said, the Bulls just shoring up their offensive line. They've got the bigs now. Uh, they're all good on bigs. They don't need any more good bigs out there. Having Vucevic and Thaddeus Young and still, you know, Zach Levine. You know, he's a shooting guard, but he's still he's still a decent size out there who could play some good defense. So, um, I mean, the Bulls just making a real push here to get into the play-in tournament, to get a playoff spot, and I'm all about it. I'm big on what this Bulls team can do. I mean, Zach Levine, I mean, are we going to talk about this story when we get there? Do we? Yeah, I got it up. I mean, the most points scored in the fourth quarter this season, it's Zach Levine with 301 points in the fourth quarter alone. So, you know, scoring is really not their problem. Just kind of, you know, defensive big, low post um, defense. So they're going to shore that up with Vucevic. Um, I mean, Vucevic, yeah has no problem scoring as well. He could put up the 25 to 30 plus points every single night while getting the double digit rebounds while getting some probably five. What is he averaging for assists? Cause I want to say it's pretty dang good. Um, so let's get that up really quickly. I want to say this man is averaging like 29, 11 and seven. I want to say it's something wild like that. 24, 11, and 3. Oh, a little bit lighter. A little bit lighter on the points and the assists than I was thinking. But, I mean, he can get us to 30, the 25-plus when we need it. Uh, the 11 rebounds right on par. The 3 assists. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I want to see some games. Because I know there's some games where this man's gotten a triple-double. Uh, is there a way that we can just look up triple-doubles really quickly? Let me just break it down. Let me just break it down. 30 double-doubles, one triple He's only got one triple-double. Alrighty, maybe I'm wrong. Alright, little wrong there, but we still like Vucevic. That doesn't change. <laughs> still, still the points and the rebounds, that's what we're looking for there. And that's what he's going to bring to the team. So, great pickups here by the Bulls here at the trade deadline. It's going to definitely make them interesting for sure. Some nice pieces here to kind of shore up their team a little bit. And let's see how it all kind of works together. Um, and then the kind of trade that sent everything that kind of set everything off the first one, I think of the day yesterday, uh, Cavs trade, uh, JaVale McGee to the Nuggets. So once again, the Nuggets just getting another kind of depth piece there for JaVale McGee. And I've kind of been secretly impressed with JaVale McGee this season, still making it work, even though he's kind of aging out of this league, taking a kind of a big step back on this kind of final couple of seasons here, kind of ring chasing a little bit when he went to the Warriors kind of coming up the bench, limited role there. Same thing with the Lakers. Uh, you know, him and Dwight Howard really kind of splitting series. Who's going to play off the bench? 
Um, and now he's here with the Cavs, but now got sent to the Nuggets. So we'll see if the Nuggets, I mean, look, watch JaVale McGee get a ring with the Warriors, the Lakers, and the Nuggets here and close out on some nice kind of championship runs here. Um, and I think that's the last one. Alrighty, so that's kind of the recap of the NBA trade NBA trade deadline. There are a couple of names that are getting buyouts, so let's uh, kind of go over these now. Andre Drummond, we've all known that he was the first real big name, really kind of out there for trades, uh, but he does not go anywhere because nobody's going to trade for him when you know he wants to get out and they're not playing him because they're either going to trade him or buy him out. So no team really traded for Andre Drummond for that reason. So they end up buying him out. The Cavs do buy. Him him out so now he's able to go wherever he wants sign with that with whatever team he wants so the teams that are kind of you know the biggest suitors for Andre Drummond are the Lakers the Knicks the Clippers the Celtics and the Hornets if he goes to the Lakers absolutely fantastic they need something in the meantime while uh LeBron James because we're, we're gonna see in a second he's out for four to six weeks folks not great Anthony Davis could be back in two weeks but Andre Drummond here shore up their team a little bit more and then if you have Andre Drummond um, um, I don't know where you would put him. Maybe the four, LeBron at the three, Anthony Davis at the five, Andre Drummond at the four, possibly, or Andre Drummond comes off the bench with, um, um, oh man, we, we love that man. Um, Montrez Harrell. Uh, so, I mean, we could be looking at some nice big depth here for the Lakers. I mean, uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, LeBron James, he just wants some bigs or a shooting guard or like a point guard that can shoot or score the ball. So, he's got the big and Anthony Davis shoring up the big with Andre Drummond. I'm absolutely all about it. Uh, the Knicks. Um, I don't think he'll go to the Knicks. I mean... They got really Julius Randle out there. Uh, you could put Andre Drummond at the five, you know, and have both of them out there. That could be pretty good. But uh, I don't think Andre Drummond's going to go to the Knicks. I think he wants to go to a little bit of a more playoff caliber, championship level caliber team where the Knicks are a bunch of role players that are kind of exceeding all everybody's expectations. That's why they're kind of in the playoff hunt right now. So I don't know how sustainable it is for how long. I think Andre Drummond might choose the Lakers over the Knicks. Uh, the Clippers, I mean, once again, a championship level caliber team. He goes there absolutely fantastic he, he he can challenge he'll he'll get the starting job over Sergi Baca but then Sergi Baca coming off the bench I mean that's what he did for uh who was it the Raptors last season I think he came off the bench for them and he was absolutely fantastic so I've got no problem with uh Sergi Baca coming off the bench I drew Drummond being the center for them and that could be a real good team the Celtics, yes, yes, yes. Go to the Celtics. I mean, they need the big. They need the big. So if Andre Drummond goes to the Celtics, like I said, that will make them a championship-level caliber team. They just need a good big. If they got Vucevic, like I said, it would have made them a championship-level caliber team. If they get Andre Drummond, same thing. He's uh, he's not as good as Vucevic, but he's still up there. He can get you the double-digit points, the double-digit rebounds, a nice defense in the post as well so great for them and then the Hornets not nah, I mean I would love if he went to the Hornets I mean absolutely I like what this Hornets team is and um you know Cody Zeller's all right but if you have Andre Drummond and Cody Zeller coming off the bench now we're talking about a real good team out here uh but once again like we say I mean Hornets not a championship championship level ca caliber team quite yet still kind of in that playoff caliber team so we'll see how they kind of make their run for Andre Drummond but uh I would say Lakers probably one Clippers two Celtics three but if he goes to the Celtics watch out for the Celtics truly Alrighty, and then we kind of had the same situation going on with LaMarcus Aldridge we saw the Spurs are going to be buying him out 
Uh, so, or they were trying to trade him, but once again, you're not going to trade for somebody that you know they're going to get rid of. So they are going to buy him out. And now he's going to have conversations with the Miami Heat, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nets before deciding on his next destination. So once again, kind of just the, for the Lakers and Clippers shoring up their beef a little bit more. Same thing with the Heat. I mean, the Heat just lost Kelly Olynyk, So maybe, you know, have Marcus Aldridge play the four, come off the bench, you know, so getting a little bit deeper there. So could definitely go to the Heat and make that. I mean, wherever he goes, I mean, all these teams listed right here are already championship level caliber teams that would just put the icing on the cake and really kind of just put them above every other team here. And if he goes to the Nets, it's just going to be unfair at this point. And we're going to have to have Adam Silver to step in at some point and be like, all right, enough, Nets, enough. KD, Kyrie, James Harden, Blake Griffin, enough, enough, enough. <laughs> Let other people have some players. Damn. Um, so... We'll see what we get there. Um, I don't. I don't know how fast we should probably expect them. I. I wouldn't probably expect them today. Mm, but who knows? Who knows? Um, and as I say that, I go to update and refresh. But um, yeah, nothing has come out yet. So probably expect maybe early, late next week. I would say see where he goes because I mean he could take his time a little bit. Ain't no pressure on that man. He can sign whenever he wants. Um, so that's the trade deadline, folks. No Lamarcus Aldridge trade. No Andre Drummond trade. No Lonzo Ball trade. Thank goodness. Um, and some nice, nice additions. And if we have to kind of just say who won the trade overall. I got to give it up to the uh, the Heat, man. Getting Victor Oladipo, I mean, exactly what they needed. A nice score on their team. A nice, consistent score on that team. I should kind of clarify a little bit more. We know Jimmy Butler's consistent. We know Goran Dragic is consistent. That's why they've been winning games because they're both in the lineup together. But Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn is decently consistent as well. But Victor Oladipo, the most consistent of those names that we just mentioned besides Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic because they're kind of on the same level. Um, so I got to give it up to the Heat for the winners. Uh, they are easily the winner there. Bulls definitely second winner there of getting a lot of nice pieces there. Um, a loser of the trade, let's call, I mean, the Magic, I mean, they got rid of everybody. They got rid of all their pieces. Now they're building for the future. I think they've got two first-round picks and two, like, second-round picks, uh, so four nice picks. So, But once again, like we say, they know, no draft pick in the NBA really kind of comes out year one and makes a huge impact. It really takes, like, three, four, five seasons for them to get, you know, to that starting caliber level of player that we see, you know, with every other team. So, yeah, I would probably say the Magic, big old losers there. Getting rid of everybody, Vucevic and Aaron Gordon. I thought they would trade one, not both. Um, yeah, I think that might be the only loser. I think everybody else did pretty solid. Nuggets maybe the third biggest winner. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd probably say Heat, Bulls, Nuggets as top three winners. Celtics maybe a little bit of a loser. <laughs> <laughs> Getting Evan 48, that's so comical to me. Um, yeah, so let's uh, officially declare it. Heat win the 2021 NBA trade deadline. There it is. Alrighty, let's continue on here with the NBA stories quickly. Um, like we said, I mean, most points scored in the fourth quarter of the season. We bring it up because of Zach Levine, but I also kind of want to just shout out, you know, Damian Lillard's number three at 281. Giannis is at number two with 287, so fantastic. And then Trey Young is number five at 261. So uh, some nice players out here. Clutch scores, clutch players, Bulls, Zach Levine. Blazers, Damian Lillard, Hawks, Trey Young, all getting it done. And, you know, all in the, you know, playoff contention. 
And then the last one to talk about, we touched on briefly, but LeBron James expected to miss four to six weeks. Damn it. With that, uh, what do you, um, with the, his ankle injury, something like, yeah, ankle injury. So he's out four to six weeks, big old loss there. We'll see how the, I mean, the Lakers are not going to win a game until one of these two players come back. And AD is about two weeks away from returning. So AD is going to have to hold it down for those two weeks, two to four weeks period before LeBron James can get back. And hopefully the Lakers don't drop too much because they will not be winning any games for this next two weeks while Anthony Davis is out. As we just saw yesterday, as we just bet on last night, and as we just hit on last night. There it is. So uh, those are the timetables for LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Alrighty, that's all the stories to go over. Geez, we just spent an hour on stories because that NBA trade trade deadline, folks, a lot going on there. So nice little recap there, some nice stories. So let's head over to the NBA. We'll go over the games from last night, uh, kind of preview um, just a little bit. Then we'll go a little bit deeper into the stats. Then we'll do our moneymaker for today's action, and then we'll head over to the N- NFL draft prospect of the day. So here we go. Let's uh, start here. Um, Blazers, Heat. Blazers get the win. Heat had no Jimmy Butler, so kind of don't expect them to win for that. Uh, but uh, it was close. Um, and the Blazers get the win. We do get. Uh, do we got film from this one? Yes, we do. Uh, Damian Lillard once again winning the game. Clutch, Damian Lillard. Dame time. Yes, sir. When will y'all learn? When will y'all respect this man? Because he's an MVP candidate, folks. He's the clutchest player in this league. So just last night, t- game tied at 122 apiece with 5.9 seconds left. Damian Lillard's got the ball, just toying with the defender right here. Step back, three-pointer doesn't go, but he gets fouled on the three-point attempt. There it is. Bingo, right on the forearm, clear foul. Give that man three free throws. He drains all three free throws, wins the game. Damian Lillard, we've seen him. Multiple facets of winning games this season. Three-pointers that actually fall. Uh, Mid-range jumpers that fall to win the game. Winning the game defensively, getting the nice steal slash block to kind of stop them from scoring their buzzer beater to tie or win the game. And then we see just see him winning the game at the free throw line. I think the last two games he won the game were actually at the free throw line. So, hey, however you get it done, just get us to win. And that's what he's doing out here. So, once again, this man needs to be in the discussion for MVP. Winning games, closing out, being the closer, being clutch. There is no other player in the NBA currently that is as clutch as Damian Lillard. I don't want to hear it, folks. Uh, So Damian Lillard gets the job done. Uh, so we can go a little bit deeper into these stats now. I mean, a lot of people stepped up for this Heat team, so we can definitely shout out some of those players. But let's start here with the Blazers since they won. Damian Lillard, 22 points, 9 assists, 3 rebounds. He shot 2 of 8 from 3 and 31% from the field. So didn't shoot well, but hey, when it came down to clutch time, that man steps it up. So we can forgive the poor shooting performance because it still results in a win. So that's all we're looking for. Uh, CJ McCollum, 35 points, 8 assists. He shot 56% from the field, 6 of 14 from 3. Fantastic kind of first quarter. I think he he really did kind of front load all of these points there and really kind of was not clutch in the fourth quarter, missing a ton of shots there. But that's where Damian Lillard steps up, folks. Yes, sir. So those two combined get it done. Different areas of the game, different times of the game, and they're able to get the win. Ennis Cantor, yes sir, 18 points, 16 rebounds, 9 of those offensive. Bam Adebayo also had a good game as well, so both kind of just thriving there at the big positions. 
Robert Covington, 10 points, 6 rebounds, and Derek Jones Jr., 6 points, 3 rebounds. So, not really sure. If we just kind of take a look, well, let's kind of sh- uh, finish off their bench real quick. Carmelo Anthony, 20 points, 6 rebounds yesterday on 42% shooting and 4 of 7 from 3. Once again, Carmelo Anthony, he's not done, folks. This is a solid bench player coming out here. So, fantastic there. Uh, but now... Now that they get Victor Oladipo, where is he going to kind of, or not Victor Oladipo, now that they got the Norman Powell, where is he going to kind of fit in this kind of roster? Is he going to come off the bench? Because if we get Carmelo Anthony and Norman Powell off the bench, I'm all about that, truly. Um, but if he's going to be in the starting lineup, maybe, you know, Derek Jones Jr. coming off the bench, him and Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench. I like that as well. And then you get a nice little three-point shooter at the three. Better than Derek Jones Jr. Doesn't really score the ball. Doesn't really rebound or assist too much. Mostly defense is kind of his, kind of his expertise there on the floor. Uh, so we'll see what happens with the starting lineup. But uh, whatever happens, their bench gets better. They get deeper, and I'm all about it. So whatever they choose to do, we'll see what happens. But... Um, Yeah, this Blazers team, nice little addition there of Norman Powell. All right, now we go to the Heat. Obviously, no Avery Bradley since he is getting traded. Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic both out, not playing. Kelly Olynyk also did not play because he got traded as well. So, a lot of other people stepped up here. Bam Adebayo, 29 points, 7 assists, 9 rebounds. Great game by him. Kendrick Nunn, 22 points, 5 assists. Tyler Hero off the bench, 29 points, 8 assists. So, he shot 5 of 9 from 3. So, a great night by Tyler Hero, finally. I mean, we haven't seen a great night by him in forever. I I would say probably last season in the bubble was the last time Tyler here had a really great game. So he steps it up here. Hopefully he can start doing that a little bit more when Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic are both out there. Um, So we'll see what happens. But guess who doesn't really step up that much? Duncan Robinson, 12 points, 2 assists, 5 rebounds. Shot 66%, 4 of 6 from 3. So, you know, for that, he's, he was efficient. But, you know, we need scoring. We need scoring production, definitely without Jimmy Waller and Goran Dragic. Um, luckily, luckily, we got a lot from Kendrick Nunn, Bam Adebayo, and Tyler Hero. But, you know, if Duncan Robinson, you know, scored a little bit more, definitely would have helped him, obviously, in this close three-point loss. But uh, he played actually very well for... Uh, uh, not having their main players out there. And then let's shout out Trevor Reza because we are going to start seeing a lot more of him in the starting rotation now that they don't have Kelly Olenek. Uh, so Trevor Reza, nine points, five rebounds, a minus 23 on the floor, the largest by far. So he's really going to have to shore up that defense, uh, <laughs> that defense capability out there. Uh, but yeah, watch out for this Heat team. I mean, they just got Victor Oladipo. Now where is he going to kind of fit in this starting lineup? Um, I mean, uh, Jimmy Butler at the three, Kendrick Nunn at the one, maybe may- move Goran Dragic off the bench to get a nice facilitator off the floor in that capacity, or you run Victor Oladipo at the one, Goran Dragic at the two, have Kendrick Nunn off the- come off the bench. I think that's kind of what they're going to go to, either Goran Dragic, Victor Oladipo at the one or two, whatever it's going to shake out, they're going to be the starting guards, and then having Kendrick Nunn come off the bench, that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, but we'll kind of we'll have to wait for the first game with everybody in the starting lineup to get kind of, you know, obviously what's actually happening. Uh, but the Blazers get the win, 125-122 over the Heat. All right, now let's go to the Wizards and the Knicks. Nothing really too uh, too noteworthy for both of these teams 
um, in in kind of regards to the trade deadline. But uh, the Knicks able to kind of get it done in the fourth quarter. Wizards kind of led this game in the first uh, first half of the game, but the Knicks came back in the second half in the fourth quarter to get the win. So very well done to the Knicks. Let's see what happened on their team. Julius ran or RJ Barrett, 24 points, 10 rebounds, five assists. Fantastic work by him. Didn't shoot well, but everything else was pretty good. Shot 31% from the field. Julius Randle, 13 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. Once again, he did not shoot well either, 31%. Mitchell Robinson at the 5, 6.7 rebounds. Frank Nikitina, 0 points, 4 rebounds on only 15 minutes and 0 of 2 from the field. And and then to round out their starters, Alfred Payton, 8 points, 4 rebounds on 37% shooting. So, oh, goodness. They are uh, they did not shoot well in the starting lineup, but they got great production from their bench, which is something that they need. I mean, this is like the Raptors, folks. This Knicks team is like the Raptors. They need all their – well, a little bit different than the Raptors because Raptors, uh, they need all their stars to get it done. They're really not that deep in the bench, but uh, this Knicks team – they don't have the great starting capabilities that the Raptors do, so they need their bench to kind of have great solid productions every single night, and they did it here. So here we go. Taj Gibson, 10 points, 8 rebounds on 60% shooting. Alec Burks, 27 points, 6 rebounds, and Emmanuel quickly, 16 points, 3 assists, 6 rebounds, all coming off the bench. So fantastic production from them, and they're able to squeak away a win there. Over the Wizards. All right, now the Wizards. They did not trade Bradley Beal, which we did not think was going to happen, so he stays in Washington. 26 points for Bradley Beal, 9 assists, 4 rebounds. Russell Westbrook, 13 points, 9 assists, 18 rebounds. All defensive, though, only one offensive, classic Russell Westbrook. And he had 8 turnovers to go along with that once again. Way too much, and he shot trash, 20% from the field, 0 of 5 from 3. So, not, I mean, the, the rebounds is great. The rebounds is great. The nine assists is great. The thirteen points, a little light. The eight turnovers, just it just cannot happen. We we say this every day. We say this every game that they play. They just it, it's, it's way too much. It's way too much. Um. So, the uh, the goon squad here, <laughs> the goon squad here for the Wizards, uh, just not enough to get it done. Rui Hachimura, 21 points, 9 rebounds. Garrison Matthews, 16 points, 3 assists. And Alex Len, 7 points, 3 rebounds. If they had a better big, definitely would have helped out. Robin Lopez, 10 points, 4 rebounds off the bench. And then Raul Neto, 9 points, 4 rebounds off the bench. So once again, just the Wizards, nothing really great. Knicks are able to kind of pull all their all their players from the starting and bench to get it done where the Wizards they really can't rely on anybody else besides Russ Westbrook and Bradley Beal. I mean, that's their problem. Ruli Hachimura, I mean, is kind of in and out of good performances. Davis Burton's is kind of a nice solid piece for them, but he's kind of in and out of the starting or in and out of being healthy off the bench, you know, for the last couple of weeks. So Knicks get the win 106, 102 over the Wizards. Wizards didn't do anything at the trade deadline, and I do not expect them to make the playoffs now. Alrighty, Clippers in the Spurs now uh, in their back-to-back meeting. So we stayed away from them, even though we were tempted to take what was a Clippers minus six or something, and they win by uh, 13. So we should have taken that. That was good value. We stayed away from it, though, because it was in a back-to-back. Um, no Kawhi Leonard, no Serge Ibaka, no Marcus Smart or Marcus Morris, and the Clippers are still able to get the win. So Paul George, 24 points, 4 assists, 13 rebounds. Didn't shoot the best, 35% from the field, 2 of 5 from 3. Not terrible. 
Reggie Jackson had a great game here, 28 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. Zubak, 10 points, 13 rebounds, 7 of those boards offensive. Patrick Patterson, 7 points, and then Terrence Mann, who steps in uh, for Kawhi Leonard at the 3, 10 points, 12 rebounds. Not terrible there. Um, nobody really great off the bench. Amir Coffey, 8 points. Nicholas Batum, 6 points, 8 rebounds. So, decent, I would say, bench, produ bench production, but... Uh, able to get it done with their starters. And then the Spurs, I mean, only put up 85 points, nothing really great there. Um, they didn't make any moves at the trade deadline, so don't I don't know what to make of the Spurs team. I mean, yeah, they have good defense, but they really just don't have any really dangerous, threatening, scoring capabilities on their team. DeMar DeRozan, 23 points, 4 rebounds. Keldon Johnson, 5 points, 8 rebounds. Jacob Podol, 11 points, 8 rebounds. Derek White, 11 points. And DeJounte Murray, 18 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. So, nothing really great. DeMar DeRozan's their best player, we all know. And then off their bench, I mean, Patty Mills, 3 points. Rudy Gay, 7 points. I mean, just nothing really deep points-wise. Nothing scary um, in this starting lineup points-wise, so Spurs lose. They'll have to focus on their defense a little bit like they do. I mean, that's what the the Spurs are. As long as Greg Popovich is there, that's going to be good defense. But, um, I mean, it's just, it's just not threatening. If I go against the Spurs, I'm not worried about not winning the game. I mean, like, I, I, we're going to put up more points. I, I would expect us to put up more points because I'm not going to get uh, bogged down by DeMar DeRozan. I'll give him his 25-plus. That's fine. Nobody else is going to give us the – 15 plus points that they need to win the game anyway. So Clippers win without Kawhi Leonard. Good job, Paul George, of leading the squad finally. <laughs> All righty. Then uh, brings us to the 76ers and the Lakers, our moneymaker from last night. We only had a one teamer going and we hit it. So fantastic. Let's get back on track. And we just did, and we just did just that last night. So 76ers win by eight, a little bit more of a heavy win there. Um, I think they, they just got outscored in the fourth quarter by 10. I mean, that was really it. The game was over going into the fourth quarter. At, anyway, they were up by like 20 points at the end of three. So really no worries there from the 76ers. So um, so 76ers minus six. They win by eight. eight. Bingo, bango, good there. Now, um, 76ers still had no Joel Embiid, but no problem for them. Everybody's still stepping it up, and that's fantastic. I mean, they are facing a little bit of lackluster talent ever since Joel Embiid has went down. No really great wins, but hey, you know, making the most of it, still winning. We're not going to penalize you for that. So Ben Simmons, 9 points, 12 assists, 7 rebounds. He shot awful. Classic Ben Simmons. Uh, Seth Curry, finally, 19 points, 2 assists, five, 4 of 8 from 3, 53% from the field overall. Fantastic. Mike Scott filling in for Joel Embiid, 6 points, 5 rebounds. All righty, very lackluster on what Joel Embiid does. Uh, Tobias Harris, 17 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds on 80% shooting. Yes, sir, consistent. Consistent, man. If I could give consistent NBA player awards, I'm giving it to Tobias Harris, folks. I'm giving it to Tobias Harris. I love it. Um, or Joe, or um, Joe, um, Joe Harris. Yeah, Joe Harris, right? No, Joe. Uh, whoever is uh, the Nets, Joe, Joe. Um, what the heck is that man's name? We say it all the time. We love it. Uh, but y'all know who I'm talking about. Joe on 
the Nets team. I would also give him most consistent award as well. Um, all right, let's finish off here in the starting lineup. Danny Green, finally he steps up. Great game by him. 28 points, 5 rebounds, 8 of 12 from 3. Yes, sir. Finally, Danius Greenius steps it up big time here. Led the scores for the 76ers. Able to get them past the Lakers without LeBron and AD. So, great work by Danny Green. We can't say it often, so when we say it, we gotta just we gotta really just kind of savor it, savor this moment. Everybody listening right now, savor this moment. Danny Green, twenty-eight points of eight of twelve from three. Fantastic work. All right, Dwight Howard. He was having a great night until he got ejected. Kind of, you know, lame, lame. Him and Montrezl Harold got into it a little bit, but nothing eject worthy. A lot of talking going on. That's basically why the ejection got called. But uh, yeah, it goes out early in the first quarter. Six minutes played, six points. He was he was looking real good out there, but he got ejected, and uh, the. Um, the 76ers are still able to get it done without their second kind of best big that they got out there. So very well done. Truly well done by everybody on this 76ers team to step it up. And let's just shout out uh, quickly Shake Milton with the 12 points off the bench. Great work out there. All right, now we go to go to the Lakers now. Who did not step up? Why did they not win the game? So here we go. Dennis Schroeder, 20 points, 11 assists. He, he did actually really good out there. KCP, 19 points, 4 rebounds. Marcus All, 5 points. Markeith Morris, 5 points, 5 rebounds. Kyle Kuzma, 25 points, 9 rebounds. 3 of 9 from 3 and 42% overall. So we get 20-plus points by Dennis Schroeder and Kyle Kuzma, and they still lose the game. Darn it. Um, off the bench, we get Montrose Harold, 20 points, 8 rebounds. He shot well, 61%. Classic Montrose Hale doing real good out there, getting Dwight Howard ejected, so doing even more than the stat sheet implies. Um, but, I mean, uh, this is great by the big three here now that AD and no LeBron, Kyle Kuzma, Dennis Schroeder, Montrose Hale all having 20-plus points. KCP even with 19, that's real good as well. Just unfortunately came up a little bit short. Danny Green was on this game. So, you know, unfortunately, the Lakers just ran into a hot Danny Green, unfortunately. So, Lakers continue to lose, and we expect that with no LeBron and AD. And that brings us to the last game of the night, the Warriors and the Kings. And the Warriors are without Steph Curry. So, once again, that's why we expect them to lose. Let's see uh, who stepped it up here for the Kings. I mean, this Kings has team has no problem putting up 130, 140 points every single game. They do not care. They've got the offense to do so. Um, so here we go. Kings, De'Aaron Fox, 44 points, 7 assists, 2 rebounds. Tyrese Halliburton, 21 points. Fantastic. He shot well, 6 of 7 from 3. Fantastic. Raquan Holmes, 25 points, 11 rebounds. Just eating down low on the Warriors. Harrison Barnes, 2 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds. He shot awful, 1 of 10, but still able to make it up in other ways in this game. And Buddy Heald, 16 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds, 4 of 9 from 3, 54% overall from the field. So everybody in that starting lineup, holy cow. I do have somebody go for 44 points, and then you still get two other players in 20-plus points, and then you get another starter in 16 points. Woo, man. If this Kings team, if they had letter, like a little bit of a better defense or something, they could be an absolutely dangerous team. They are all working together. And like we said, they are just putting up points after points after points after points. And let's go back to the story really quickly. 
I mean, De'Aaron Fox is the fourth leading fourth quarter fourth quarter score this season, right under Damian Lillard with 267 points. So, uh, in the fourth quarter alone. So this uh, Kings team, like we say, sneaky dangerous offensively and they just showed it by putting up 141 points holy cow and let's just shout out their bench very quickly uh who do they got kyle gay with 17 points off the bench fantastic work but most of it was just the starters getting it done cannot stop them Alrighty, now let's go to the warriors now no Draymond Green, no Steph Curry, truly unfortunate. So let's see who steps up here. Jordan Poole, 17 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds. Kelly Oubre Jr., 19 points, 2 assists, 4 rebounds. I mean, Kelly Oubre Jr. has got to step it up. There's no reason De'Aaron Fox can have 44 points. And Kelly Oubre Jr. only putting up 19 points with no Steph Curry. Go and demand the ball, command the ball. Uh, just go wild, but he doesn't. James Wiseman, 6 points, 8 rebounds. Once again, he is not panning out great as a starter. Truly unfortunate. Juan Toscano-Anderson, 15.6 rebounds. Great night by him, and he shot 100%, so i got to give it up to him. Um, and uh, Andrew Wiggins, 26 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, shot 3 of 5 from 3, 55% overall. Can always count on Andrew Wiggins, man. Can count on him. Can't count on Kelly Oubre Jr., who I who I want to be counting on without Steph Curry in the lineup. But, uh, all righty, that, uh, that was the NBA from last night. We hit our moneymaker. Fantastic. Let's hit it again. Let's see what we got on tap today for Friday. Ooh, we got uh, we got a doubleheader. I didn't think we were going to get a doubleheader on a Friday, but we do. Fantastic. Alrighty, so here we go. We got Nets Pistons. Let's see if James Harden's back in the lineup. Um, let's see if Kyrie Irving's back in the lineup. He just had a baby, so probably not. Uh, Suns, Raptors, Celtics, Bucks, 7.30 on ESPN. I doubt... Um, well, Daniel Tice isn't going to be there, so that's going to be interesting for the Celtics. But we'll see if um, – who is it? Who's their guy? Who's their guy that they just got? We just went over it. Uh, Evan Fournier, we'll see if he makes his debut here for the Celtics. All right, so Celtics Bucks 730 on ESPN. Heat Hornets. Blazers, Magic, Rockets, T-Wolves, Nuggets, Pelicans. Ooh, is everybody going to be good to go for this Nuggets team? They're going to get their new-look Nuggets in? Uh, Pacers, Mavericks, Grizzlies, Jazz, Hawks, Warriors, 10 o'clock on ESPN. The second of the doubleheader. Warriors are probably going to lose big. I think Steph Curry is still going to be out for this game as well. And then the last game, Cavs, Lakers. Lakers should lose, so we'll see what we get. All righty, let's uh, refresh our lines here. Let's get them up to date here. And let's go two for two on our moneymaker. Let's beef this moneymaker up a little bit more. Alrighty. <clears throat> this is not refreshing. What's going on? What's going on here? Refresh. Alrighty. I don't know why this isn't like refreshing, refreshing. Are we even still live? <laughs> We're still live. Alrighty. We still on air? We still on air. Alrighty. There we go. Just took a little bit. Alrighty. Here we go. Lines are up to date. Alrighty. So here we go. First matchup up. Nets minus five and a half over the Pistons. Interesting to note there. So let's see. 
Um, Nets minus five and a half. Hopefully, if James Harden is playing, we're taking that all day. Let's see who's out. Uh, Kevin Durant is out. James Harden, game time decision. Kyrie out. Once again, he just had a baby. Um, but James Harden, game time decision. So I, I'm assuming he's playing here. We're going to assume he's playing. And then for the Pistons, Rodney Magruder's game time decision. Hamidio uh, Diallo, game time decision. Usual suspects, game time decision slash out. So I'm going to give it up to James Harden. I mean, first game back, he took the last game off. They floundered. They put up 88 points offensively. Don't think that's going to happen again. Let's rock with the Nets, folks. I'm big fans of James Harden. He's our MVP front runner. And because of that, we're going to trust him with the minus five and a half points here. So we'll put the Nets up here, minus five and a half, like it. Now, if James Harden is out, do not debate this game. So maybe wait a little bit to the, to the, uh, um, to the uh, to tip off of this game, but the spread makes me think James Harden's playing minus five and a half on the road. I mean, if they were, um, if James Harden wasn't playing, the Nets were pro would probably be getting points, or maybe it'd be a pick'em game. So I I'm assuming James Harden's going to play just based off this spread. So we'll swallow the five and a half here. Alrighty, then we get the Celtics and the Bucks. Alrighty, is the Celtics going to have everybody to go for this game? Tristan Thompson is still out. All righty. Evan Fournier is a game-time decision. So if he's good to go, if he feels he's ready to rock here, uh, day after getting traded, they're going to play him. Luke Cormet, Cornette, game-time decision. Semi Ulige is out. Moritz Wagner, game-time decision. So, I mean, they're going to struggle with Tristan Thompson being out. If Moritz Wagner is not ready to rock, I mean, they're only going to have Robert Williams against the bigs of the Bucs. So, don't think we can trust the Celtics too much quite yet. And then for the Bucs, P.J. Tucker, game-time decision. Brian Forbes, game-time decision. So, they're all ready to rock. We're going to swallow the six here for the Bucs. Just don't think the Celtics team is ready to go with all their new additions there. And they don't have Daniel Tyson who has gotten the bulk of the starting minutes. Robert Williams, I don't think, has started this entire season. So we'll swallow the six here for the Bucs. They're on this big winning streak. They're what, eight games now? Eight-game winning streak. So we're going to keep it up. Don't think the Celtics are ready to rock with their new lineup just quite yet. So we'll swallow the six there for the Bucs. Alrighty, Suns, Raptors. Uh, Suns minus four, Raptors plus four. Let's see if everybody's ready to go here. For the Suns, Abdel Nader's out. McCall Bridges is a game-time decision. And then for the Raptors, DeAndre Bembry's out. And um, obviously they've got no Norman Powell anymore. We'll see. Um, uh, um, Gary Trent Jr., I think, is good to go. He's not a game-time decision. We just saw him working out last night in the facility for the Raptors at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. They put a, a nice little kind of, you know, hype video of Gary Trent Jr. So they are going to have Gary Trent Jr. there for the Raptors, ready to, ready to go. Uh, Suns here looking real good. Don't think the – I mean, we'll swallow the four here for the Suns. I mean – Raptors here are going to have to kind of figure out their starting lineup a little bit more. Um, this Suns team is going on an absolute tear currently at the moment. 7-3 um, in their last 10. They did just lose against the Magic. Bad loss there for the Suns, so expect them to kind of come out a little bit more guns a-blazing, especially because I'm telling you the Suns are after that number one seed. They want, Chris Paul wants home field or home court advantage throughout the entire thing, and now they are three games back of the Jazz. So Suns are going to turn it on. We'll swallow the four here. Don't think the Raptors. Let's get the first game out of the way with everybody in their starting lineup and then maybe we'll bet on them if they're looking good but we'll swallow the four here Alrighty, so I mean first three games up three spreads taken liking it so far loving it let's i'm loving it folks let's see if we can keep it up here and we might have like a 9 10 teamer going at this pace so let's keep it up 
Here we go. Nuggets, Pelicans. Nuggets minus two and a half. Pelicans plus two and a half. All right. Uh, both are just the Nuggets getting new players here. So let's see if they're all good to go. JaVale McGee is out, so he will not be making his debut here. Um, Aaron Gordon is also out, so both of those two new players will not be making their debut here for the Nuggets. And then for the Pelicans, everybody... Oh, Lonzo Ball is out. All righty, but hey, I mean, they just won their last game with Lonzo Ball being out. Maybe they get this one done as well. I mean, I, I'm not sold that Lonzo makes this team good or makes this team bad. I think it, I, I don't think he makes them anything. I think he's just he's just out there. He's just a body out there. He doesn't elevate anybody. So, uh, Nuggets minus two and a half. It's looking real interesting, folks. Nuggets just got blown out by the Raptors, though. So we've got other good uh, pieces here. Let's see how the Nuggets are handling. You know. This new pieces are they all too excited to play? We'll see, but uh, we'll stay away from it. The Pelicans are pretty good without Lonzo Ball on the floor, so let's see if this trend continues to go up. So we'll stay away from this one just because we've got some other better spreads already, and we don't need to force anything in here. So we'll leave the Nuggets Pelicans out of this one. Alrighty, Heat and the Hornets. Heat just played last night. Let's see if everybody's good to go here. And the Hornets are on a two-game win streak ever since uh, Lamelo Ball has been out. Uh, so for the Heat, Udonis Haslam is out. Goran Dragic is still out. Jimmy Butler is a game-time decision, so expect him to play. Uh, Namaja Jelica is out, so he won't be making his Heat debut. Victor Oladipo is out, so he will not be making his Heat debut. What just went down here? Nets mounted 5.5. Uh, just got worse odds, I think. Um, but we still like it. We got no problem there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so Jelica and Victor Oladipo not playing. Goran Dragic not playing. For the Heat. And then for the Hornets, LaMelo Ball, obviously out. We know that. And then Brad Wanamaker, he's a game-time decision. So we'll see if kind of he makes his Hornets debut. Uh, what do we say? It's Heat minus one, Hornets minus one. The only reason why the Heat won last night was because... Um, um, Tyler Hero went absolutely, or no, they didn't win. <laughs> they lost by three. They lost at the buzzer, forgot, or at the free throw line. Um, at the buzzer, at the free throw line. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think we're going to stay away from this one. Hornets, I'm not truly believing that they're better without LaMelo Ball. I don't think this trend of uh, winning out without LaMelo Ball is going to continue. I mean, they beat the Rockets and the Spurs by three. Um, so I'm not really kind of banking on them being great without LaMelo Ball. Uh, and then the Heat, I mean, with Jimmy Butler back, I mean, I expect them to be a little bit more competitive here than last night. Uh, so we'll stay away from this one. Can't really call it. Value is dwindling here in our moneymaker. Are y'all betting live? Y'all watching betting live here? Because we're just going down and down. So we got to quickly finish here before we get no good value here anymore. Um, so let's continue on quickly here. Rockets, Timberwolves, Rockets plus four, Timberwolves minus four. Probably going to stay away from this one. Um, everybody's out for the Rockets. So Goran, Eric Gordon's out. Kelly Olynyk is a game time decision. So we'll see how that works. Now, Kelly Olynyk may be able to work for this Rockets team. Uh, coming off the bench is fantastic for him. And then, you know, the Rockets love their small ball lineups. Um, and he works perfectly in the small ball, big position because he can hit the three and he's only like six, nine, but he can still be a good big. That's why he's the center slash forward. Um, so, yeah, I, I, if, I'm definitely interested in Kelly Olenek here for the Rockets. I definitely think that makes them good. We'll see if he plays. Avery Bradley's out for them. David Waba is still out. 
for the Timberwolves, D. Lowe is still out. Jordan McLaughlin is a game-time decision, and Malik Beasley is out. So uh, now that Christian Wood is back here for the Rockets and John Wall knows that he's now the the one and only guy now that Victor Oladipo is truly off the Rockets, we got to kind of watch how this Rockets team plays. I think I do like them plus four. Damn, am I going to take them plus four? I'm feeling risky on that team. I think they get it done. This Timberwolves team is nothing good. Uh, so we're going to take the Rockets plus four here. I'm ready to kind of start believing them a little bit more now that, you know, after the trade deadline, all kind of the question marks of who's actually on this roster and who's not, it's all kind of put to rest. Christian Wood is back healthy. John Wall is going to consistently be out there now. They don't have to worry about Victor Oladipo, game time decision. Is he going to play? Is he going to go? Is he even going to be here? Does he even want to be here? How is he going to play if he does play? So they don't have that to go kind of on their minds anymore. And then also having Kelly Olenek be a game-time decision, I'm really big about watching this man play. I think he fits perfectly here for Houston. So we'll take the plus four, and we'll rock with it. Alrighty, let's keep going here. We get Pacers, Mavericks, Pacers plus four, Mavericks minus four. Alrighty, Big game for the Pacers here. I mean, they've beaten nobody, folks. They've beaten nobody good this entire year. Uh, so this is a huge matchup here for the Mavericks for them. Uh, everybody's going to go for the Pacers. We just learned that TJ Warren is out for the entire season now. We, we He hasn't been playing this entire season. He's been out th up until this point, but now it's official. He's officially gone, and this one just went off here. Everything just got reset here. Everything is slipping in our... Now it's Nets minus six. Um, I don't know what's going on here. They're just like deselecting all my picks real quick. Um, they're still in this right one, but wow, everything is going up. So get this value while you can. Um, what are the Suns? Suns still minus four? Yeah, they still minus four. Alrighty, they just took off all of our picks for some reason. Alrighty, let's keep going here though. So we're at uh, Mavericks Pacers. Everybody's gonna go for everybody's gonna go for the Pacers for the Mavericks. JJ Reddick's a game time decision. They just acquired him. Uh, so good, I, good, good, I guess. I mean, I'm I'm over JJ Reddick. I've been over him ever since he was with the Clippers. I was kind of over him. I, he does not perform when he needs to perform. His all of his numbers are inflated, and I don't care what anybody says. Um, Willie Colney Stein is out. Tyrell Terry is out. So you still got, you know, your usual suspects there. Uh, so we'll stay away from this one. Uh, the Mavericks should have no trouble beating the Pacers. The Pacers don't beat anybody good. Uh, Karis LeVert, I mean, he doesn't really, he hasn't really elevated them to kind of better play yet. They still haven't beaten a good team, uh, since, um, uh, Karis LeVert's got there. So we'll stay away from this one. Alrighty, Grizzlies in the Jazz. Grizzlies plus nine and a half. Jazz minus nine and a half. Probably going to stay away from this one. Just too big for us to swallow. Everybody's good to go for the Grizzlies. And then for the Jazz, Matt Thomas is a game time decision who they just acquired. So uh, we'll stay away from this one. Too big of a spread here for us. And I'm not ready to trust the Grizzlies. Once again, they just finally got above 500. So you know it's coming now. The 500 and then the below 500 so they can get back up to 500 so they can go back to 500 then back below 500 so y'all know the cycle we've been tracking it the entire season so uh, not going to take this. And then they just freaking put the Cavs Lakers spread back up so I don't know what's going on here a lot of movement going around so we'll check right after this to see if really anything's been breaking. Um, so let's move on to Hawks Warriors Hawks minus seven and a half Warriors plus seven and a half don't think Steph Curry's good to go so let's double check that. Uh, Steph Curry is out. Draymond Green's a game time decision. 
And then for the Hawks, Lou Williams out. He's not making his debut tonight. And Cam Reddish is still out. And Chris Dunn is still out. So, going to stay away from this one. We'll see how... Um, Hawks minus 7.5 is decent since Steph Curry's out. I don't expect anybody to step up on this uh, Warriors team. I mean, they don't even step up when he's on the floor. So, they, I mean, we just saw nobody step up last night. Um, uh, um, Andrew Wiggins did with the 25. But, uh, you know... Kelly Oubre Jr. still lackluster under 20 points with Steph Curry not on in the starting lineup. So we'll stay away from this one and we'll wait for Lou Williams to get into this Atlanta offense. And then the last game, Cavs, Lakers, Cavs plus three and a half, Lakers minus three and a half. I might be taking the Cavs here. We'll see who's in and out. Uh, Kevin Love, game time decision. So hopefully if he plays, he's in the ba- he's on the bench because we, we see how that offense performs when he's in the starting lineup. 80 points, not going to win. Uh, Matthew Devledova, game time decision. Andre Drummond is out uh, because they, obviously. Uh, Teron Prince, game time decision. Colin Sexton, game time decision. Definitely need him in the starting lineup if they want a chance to win. And then LeBron James still out. Anthony Davis still out. Um, so, Cavs plus three and a half. It's not bad, folks. Um, we've got five picks here in our play already, so we'll stay away from it. Uh, like all these other ones, better than what we got. So, here we go. Officially, our moneymaker for today after coming off of our big win yesterday. Nets minus five and a half. Uh, or hang on. We got to take this one out. Are we only at four? Oh, yeah. We are only at four. So, Nets minus five and a half. Bucks minus six. Suns minus four. Rockets plus four uh, is our official. And then if you do if you do like Cavs plus three and a half, you do have our endorsement. We do like that as well. So, I'll leave that up to y'all if y'all want to take that one. But we'll be rocking with this four-teamer here. Nets minus five and a half. Bucks minus six. Suns minus four. Rockets plus four. I think Rockets plus four is sneaky good value, folks. Get that up while you can. Alrighty, that's going to do it for us today. We're not going to squeeze in our NFL Draft Prospect of the Day. We'll do that tomorrow. We'll fit him in tomorrow. We'll also update our power rankings in the NBA tomorrow as well. Um, I didn't want to do it today because I just wanted to really kind of just re-solidify what happened in the trade deadline. Maybe kind of just kind of reset and kind of the NBA now that everything's kind of set in stone. We know, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge and Andre Drummond can go wherever they want. So, well, you know, when that breaks, we'll you know, let you know, but you know, now that the trade deadline's over, nobody's really going anywhere else. Everything's really set in stone. Let's see what these pieces are. So we'll update it tomorrow, our power rankings. Um, but yeah, just really wanted to kind of key in on that trade deadline today. All right. So let's, uh, before we actually leave here, let's see if anything has been breaking since we are, Oh no. Okay, here we go. Eagles are trading number six in number 156 pick to the Dolphins for number 12 in number 123 in a first rounder in 2022. We're, we're trading. What is going on here? Why do we trade? When do we get? Oh, goodness. Do I need to go back? Do we trade picks? Uh, what is going on here? Hmm. Because hmm. we had the third and like 18. Where did this 12 pick come from? How could we have traded a 12 round pick? Oh God. The third round pick that Miami's getting from San Francisco is actually in 2022. Oh good. Did we just trade a, I got to get to the bottom of this. What just happened? If we traded a pick, I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Especially if we traded that number three pick. Here we go. Dolphins. No. No. Ugh. 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 We traded the three pick. No. 
We won the pig. That was our pig just to splurge and get whatever the hell we wanted. No consequences attached. We robbed the Texans. That was that number three pick. So we should have just done whatever we were going to do. But we traded it. Ugh. All right. What do we do? What do we do? Dolphins trading number three pick overall to the 49ers for the number 12 pick in a 2021 third round pick. In a first round pick. In first round picks in 2022. Hang on, what? So we get the number 12 pick in this year's draft. A third round pick for their compensation draft. In first round picks in 2022 and 2023. So we get more picks. Alrighty. I guess we're going to have to root for the 49ers to keep losing like we did for the Texans. Alrighty. I guess picks for more picks, but that just leads to what the Thunder are doing and they keep losing. They're never rebuilding. They're never like solidifying greatness, right? Um, alrighty. So the 49ers, they've got some plans at number three. They must be getting uh, a quarterback or something. I mean, what are you going to do at number three with the 49ers? The, a wide receiver or running back? You got uh, more side. Do you really need a running back? Quarterback's really the only thing that's making it making sense. I mean, they had the number 12 pick, so what's so important for them that they have to get into the number three? Wow, interesting, man. Uh, I don't know if I like it, man. I really just wish we would have cashed it on the, the number three pick. Let's use our number 18 pick, too, as well. I mean, we could have gotten a running back and a wide receiver, really shore up our offense, you know, for Tua. But once again, we're just stuttering. We're picking out, we're picking out, we're picking out. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, now we have, you know, two picks in the first round, two picks in the, uh, you know, in 2022 and first two first round picks in 2023. I get it. But I mean, if we keep trading and trading back and trading back and trading back, it's just like, are we ever going to use them? Or are we just going to keep getting draft picks and never using them and just saying, oh, we're, we're only a pick away, but we keep trading back picks. And now we're only a pick away, but we keep trading back picks. And now we're only a pick away, but we keep on trading. I mean, we're going to go three years out. Ah. <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't like it. I really wish we would have just gotten that three pick. We already won. We already won. There's talent to be had in this year's draft. There's there's wide receivers to go and get that. That's our problem. Tua's got no weapons. And now we're just delaying the weapons, man. Uh, so what do we have officially? The number 12 picks is we just traded it with the Eagles now. So now we've got the number six pick, so we went three picks back, but also got more first-round picks. Alrighty. I really just wish we would have used the third pick. That's all I'm that's all I'm saying. That's all I wanted. I wanted us to use the third pick and just go and get a luxury pick. Just no strings attached. We won the trade. We've won that pick. We could have done whatever we wanted. We could have gotten a running back at number three. You don't choose a running back in the first round with everybody says, but that would have been consequence free at that number three pick. We could have done whatever we wanted. We already robbed the Texans. We already lucked out that they were trashed this season uh, for to get that number three pick. So I really just wish we would have capitalized on it. That's all I'm saying. <sighs> Alrighty.
We'll see how I feel tomorrow. Let me sleep on it, but I'm... Okay. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Not not super happy. <laughs> not super happy. I'm, I'm leaving the show mad. All righty, folks. Well, we're back tomorrow. Live, noon Eastern. I don't even know if I want to be back. <laughs> This may have just shut our show down. I told y'all if we traded the, the number three pick, these were all coming down. So we may have a blank set on the show tomorrow. Just saying. Alrighty, we're out of here. We're out of here. I'm done. I'm over. I'm I'm mad. I'm about to go scream after the mic. I'm, I'm about to after we leave. I'm screaming. So all right, we'll see you. Ah!